I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. On DAB Plus, online, via the Talksport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on Talksport 2. Well, good evening. I'm Tim Cocker, and this is the Lions Daily on Talksport 2. And the big news today, well, both South Africa and the Lions have named their squads for the second test on Saturday. So over the next hour, we'll hear from inside the Lions camp and go through those selections because there's some big calls in there. Uh, also, the Springbok boss, Razi Erasmus, he's been in top form. Uh, he's broken his silence over that suspected Twitter alias. The saga continues. So we'll get stuck into that particular soap opera as well. And today, instead of focusing on the backstory of one of the players in the Lions squad, as we usually do, we're going to switch things up and find out all about the Lions head coach, Warren Gatland. After all, he stands on the verge of legend status if he pulls off another Lions series win, potentially this Saturday. So one of his former teammates from Galwegians RFC in Ireland, Joe Healy, will be with us. And finally, former England and Lions winger John Bentley joins the show too. So as I mentioned, those match day 23s that will go head-to-head on Saturday, they've been announced. You can hear the game live and exclusive on TalkSport. Build up from 4pm Saturday, kick off at 5. And starting with the Lions, there are three changes from the side that won at the weekend. Mako Vinopola, Connor Murray and Chris Harris all come into the 15. So the Lions line up like this. In the front row, Mako Vinopola, one of those changes with Luke Cowan-Dickey and Tyg Furlong. In the second row, unchanged, Maru Itoji and Alan Wynne-Jones. Unchanged as well in the back row where it's Courtney Laws, Tom Curry and Jack Conan. Halfbacks, Connor Murray comes in and Dan Bigger named to start. He uh, has to pass his head injury protocols, though, but assuming he does, he'll be in the 10 jersey. Centres, Robbie Henshaw and one of the new faces in the 23, Chris Harris, and a back three unchanged. Duan Matt, Van der Merwe, Anthony Watson and Stuart Hogg. As for the replacements, well, Taolupe Falatel comes into the 23 on the bench. Hamish Watson dropping out. And Elliot Daly moves from the starting 15 to the bench at the expense of Liam Williams, who is out of the 23 now. Uh, now, after seeing that side announced, the former Lions head coach, Sir Ian McGeekin, he joined TalkSport earlier and said he liked Warren Gatlin's selection. I think it's in some ways stronger. Um, I personally would have had Chris Harris in the, in the first test. But uh, yeah, he's done all the right things to take South Africa on where they're strongest. And then as the game goes on, I think that's what Razi Erasmus knows is the strength that's coming off the Lions bench as well. So it is a very strong 23. Sarir McGeekin, he, he knows what he's talking about. I'm not going to argue with him. Uh, Alfie Reynolds, our talk sport producer here, you actually uh, called a couple of these changes yourself yesterday. Fair play. 
Yeah, a few, a few. I'm not sure. I think we both had Mako, didn't we? Coming coming into the front row, no, or did you, you no, not? You called that one. I, I, you called that one. Uh, I called uh, Connor Murray coming in. So we both had one there. But you were you, you were wondering about Chris Harris in the centre potentially. Potentially, yeah. I, I didn't see. I think I brought in Owen Farrell at 12 and shifted Henshaw to 13. Oh, yeah, so. you did. I take it all back, Alfie. Back <laughs> I was thinking, no, when you gave me that compliment, I was thinking, Tim's been very kind. I don't think I was that accurate. So, no, we had a couple each, didn't we? But yeah. there are a few surprises in there. I think one of the big ones, Tim, uh, Liam Williams, you, yeah. you you had him as to come into the starting 15. He's dropped out entirely. I did. And he's so good under the high ball. And that's clearly the direction South Africa are going. That's their blueprint. I thought that would elevate him in towards the starting 15, not out of the 23-man squad. I guess it just goes to show the, the amount of competition that they've gone. But is this an indication, you think, that Warren Gatlin's going pragmatic? He's got a, a bigger body in the centre, more up and down, north-south. And... Uh, and it's a bit a bigger body on the bench in the form of Talupe Falatau over Hamish Watson. Yeah, I think so. I, I, that is what I would probably take from this 23 and certainly the starting 15. It's more pragmatic in terms of Connor Murray at nine. I think it's more pragmatic with Chris Harris being renowned as a particularly good defender in that 13 channel uh, outside centre. Um, and I think maybe they looked at that first half in the first test at the weekend where you know maybe they were wanting to be a little bit more expansive the first time in the game when they tried to move the ball wide Elliot Daly got absolutely smoked by Lacanio Am and maybe they've looked at that in the second half it was kind of the nuts and bolts doing the basics that is ultimately what won them the game so from that point of view I think there's a lot of this selection that does make sense yeah I think there might have been one further change had Wynne Jones been fit but uh, as we heard on yesterday's Lions Daily <clears throat> the Welsh loose head prop should be available for the third test so that'll be an interesting one but um it's all about this weekend isn't it and uh, let's hear from the lions camp and warren gatland he spoke with our reporter nick heath and he began by explaining the thinking behind the changes he's made we had a good discussion around around the front row and the halfback centers and the back three so look it's it's one of those situations where you're making uh, two or three changes where you feel uh, these, those players will bring something to it and then with other players in the squad you want them to build on that first test performance because you think you know, the cohesion with the combinations and and then playing that first game that they'll they'll get better as well. So it's just trying to get that balance between what we had achieved, not making too many changes, but you know just picking what we think is the best team that can do a job on Sunday. With Chris Harris in and uh, and Connor Murray as well, those changes, Ali Price switching roles there. Is that a little shift in the game plan? Is it is it now really about meeting that physicality first and and perhaps speeding the game up later? Yeah, that's kind of what we've been trying to do, really. So um, there's not a lot of space, and particularly in that first 20 or 30 minutes. And, you know, we saw how aggressive they were. I think the first opportunity we had to attack when Elliot Daly's been hit in, in, the, in the contact. So, you know, they're going to be incredibly aggressive. They're going to they'll run hard. And it's about staying in that arm wrestle. That's that's the, the message, because there isn't a lot of space and a lot of opportunities in that first 20, minute, 20 or 30 minutes, and particularly... They play very little rugby in their own half, so it's a, it's a territory battle as well. So we've got to make sure that kind of the messages of, you know, if we're six all at 30 minutes or nine, six ahead or something like that, going into half time, then, you know, I think it puts us in a pretty good place. But, you know, we're 12-3 down, could have been 17-3 down like we were again in the A, in the a game, and then that, that's a, a much bigger challenge to come back from. So now our focus is on us starting well and um, and making sure that our game management's really good. Warren Gatland talking to us earlier today after naming his side for the second test on Saturday. Um, 
Interesting getting Warren Gatlin's thoughts. I just want to uh, throw one thing out there. Just spare a thought for Josh Adams. Remember how everyone was mentioning his name? He was on the tip of everybody's tongue. And as simple as that, well, his name doesn't get mentioned. I guess the same goes for Jamie George, but that just goes to show how difficult a job Warren Gatland has got. Yeah, looking on social media early, which I admit isn't the best gauge for these <laughs> things, but but looking when the squad was announced, there are still a few people saying, Josh Adams, what on earth? But I think at this point, you kind of have to accept that we're not going to see him in, in the test match unless the Lions do win the second test and have the series wrapped up going into the third one. But, you know, for a man that really couldn't do any more to try and take his place in the team, it, it ultimately just wasn't enough. You get the sense from listening to Warren Gatlin there that, that they know exactly what is coming for them. And uh, you are going to meet a, a really stern test. You just get the sense this is going to be a gigantic battle. And I think Warren Gatlin's absolutely right. The, the physicality is going to go up another couple of notches from the from the home side. I felt the phrase that Gatlin used, you've got to stay in the arm wrestle, is, is very revealing really with I think what we can expect and again looking at some of those selections maybe the reason that they have made the, those couple of changes to the team this week I agree Tim I, th I think it's going to be a much tougher test I think it's maybe going to be a bit tighter there at times it was actually even though we didn't necessarily see the meters gained on the weekend the game was quite loose in terms of people chucking balls they shouldn't have been doing I, I don't think we'll see as much of that I think it's gonna be a proper proper test match I totally agree and let's have a look at the Springbok side then they've made three changes for their team with Stephen Kitts off Franz Malerv and Jasper Visa all coming into the pack so uh, South Africa will line up with the front row of Stephen Kitsoff he comes in at loose head prop due to an injury to Ox and Che Bongi and Banambi uh, continues Franz Malerv comes in at tight head prop second row unchanged it's Ibn Etzebeth and Franco Mostert back row Sia Khaleesi and Peter Steff de Toy continue on the flanks change at number eight Jasper Visa the Leicester number eight he's uh he, he, he's a hard runner, so yeah, he'll he'll bring a bit more physicality. Back line completely unchanged, so it's Faf de Klerk's scrum half with Andre Pollard at uh, fly half. Centres, Damian Dialande and Lacanio Am, and Makazoli Mapimpi, Cheslin Colby and Vili LaRue uh, in the back three. Uh, somehow, South Africa, and it's almost as if, I, I wonder how this could be possible, they, they've got even larger men on the field this weekend. It's a production line, isn't it, in, in South Africa, I think, when yeah, it comes to the You forwards. know, like in, uh, this is another time on Lions Daily where I'm using a like, Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones sort of analogy, but you know, like the, the orcs, the way they're just produced out of the ground, out, yes. of, out of like a sack. It's like South Africa just produced giant human beings like that. Oh, another back row, put him, on, put him in the queue. That is an excellent reference, by the way, Tim. I'm completely here, completely here for that. And it makes sense, doesn't it, with South Africa? Because they do just seem to be able to find them. I think maybe so. What, what interests you the most with the South African changes? In that front row, I guess, which is where two yeah. of them are in terms of changing the, the props. Because um, I felt I know um, injury, as you say, to Ox and Che, but it, the starting front row looks relatively solid. Uh, in the uh, in the first half, then made the changes at halftime, and that's when things started to get away from them in that area. So I'm interested in those changes. Yeah, and uh, I, it's hard to know how much can change in a week, but I would imagine Franz Malherbe, the reason he's there, the guy is absolutely ginormous. The reason he's there is to anchor the scrum, and he didn't do that job in the second half. And I imagine that his 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 ego, his pride, will have taken a huge dent, not from anyone else outside him, just him on his own. And that first scrum is going to be so, such a, an indicative moment as to how the game is going to go. Because if Kitsoff and Malherbe, who didn't have the kind of game that people would have expected them to have in that second half of South Africa, 
if they get a proper shunt on in that first scrum, it is game on. It, it's almost a throwback to the 2009 tour, isn't it? But it was the reverse, wasn't it? The first test, the Lions got absolutely pumped in the scrum and then they kind of came back a little yeah. bit in the second. There's shades of that about it. Oh, I tell, that's a great shout, actually, Alfie. Yeah, it, it's going to be massive. I think it's going to be huge in that area. You're absolutely right. The other thing is, I, I like Visa at eight. I, I think he is potentially an improvement in offering them a bit more go forward from, from eight in this second test, relatively inexperienced at this level. I know he had a great season with Leicester Tigers, um, but along with Khaleesi and Peter Steftatoy, I'm, I'm interested in that back row. Yeah. I, I quite like seeing him in there. Alfie, I don't know if you would be able to empathise with this. Have you ever been anywhere near a mosh pit? In your, uh, in your life. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I frequent them frequently, <laughs> but but yeah, at times, Tim. <laughs> because Jasper Visa just reminds me of the kind of person that's all swinging arms. <laughs> when he plays, he is absolutely ferocious. So, it, yeah. He carries a little bit like Hamish Watson, in, in fact. Yes. I, I would suggest. They're similar ball carriers, aren't they, uh, yeah. in the back row? It's a good comparison. So uh, an, an amazing opportunity for him on a huge stage. That's how the teams line up. It's the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby. 18 plus, be drink aware and you won't miss a moment of the Lions with us, whether that's the stories as they break from South Africa, analysis, opinion, expert build-up with a cast of legends and getting the thoughts of fans around Britain and Ireland. But in addition to that, live commentary of all the test matches on TalkSport as the Lions take on the world champion Springboks in their own backyard. And next, well, how about the thoughts of former England and Lions winger John Bentley? <laughs> You know what's coming and you know the intensity that's going to hit you. They'll know that by winning the game, the series is theirs. Try scored! First try of the Test Series goes to the British and Irish Lions and they absolutely needed it! Daly just moved to the bench and uh, they got Harris on as 13. Offloads brilliantly to Chris Harris. First try, four minutes on the watch and Chris Harris goes over. And Jack Conan will go in from 20 metres out. He doesn't make many mistakes. His carrying was excellent, his footwork was good. You know, very, very solid. He didn't miss any tackles, so... Yeah, you know, we were very pleased with the way that Jack played last weekend. So we have both squads for Saturday's match. The potentially deciding second test, the Lions leading the series 1-0. And as I mentioned a moment ago, three changes for both sides. For the Lions, that's Chris Harris, Conor Murray and Mako Vunapola all coming in. And to give his thoughts, uh, do you know what? I've got one of the Lions class of 1997 and one of the most fondly remembered characters from that iconic Living With Lions documentary. Former England and Lions winger John Bentley joins me now. Hiya, John. Tim, what a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I, I want to ask you about this, actually, on the legacy of that documentary, because it was. It's, it seems like, looking back, it was such a game-changer for the Lions, if not rugby as a sport overall in the UK and Ireland, getting that close to elite sport at a time when rugby still had plenty of the amateur ethos still there. But what impact yeah. has it had on your life since? Do you, do you know, do you know it, it'll never be repeated, I think, importantly to say, Tim. Um, it was very much the infancy of professionalism. Uh, the game had only been professional a couple of years. I think South Africans have been professional a little bit longer than that. But um, there was no social media as well. That was a massive thing for us. And, it, yeah, we embraced all the good about the amateur ethos. And, of course, the professional attitude came as a result of the way we prepared both on and off the field for, for quite a brutal test series, really. And when you, when you talk about the impact that it's had on my life, I, I probably, along with all the other players, didn't realise how big it was until 12 and 4, 16 and 20 years later when 
everybody's harking back to that that tour. And people like uh, Martin Johnson and Lawrence Delalio and Will Greenwood, who nearly died on the trip, still say without doubt that was their best touring experience. So I was very fortunate, uh, Tim, to be part of that. You really were. And I mean, I, I don't know, I can't imagine how it must feel. Every time we speak to, to one of the current 2021 Lions, so many of them mention that they grew up watching yeah. that over and over again. That, that just must pickle your head. It was, it was an amazing trip. It was a trip made amazing because we were given very little chance. As the Lions this time have gone into the backyard of the current world champions, we also did that in 1997. And nobody gave us a chance at all. And McGeekin sat us down and addressed us for the first time and spoke about the tactics. And actually, I was sat in between Scott Gibbs and Alan Tate, and he, he, he confessed to Geek. He said, if we're expecting to go to South Africa, South Africa for a man-to-man fistfight, you know, an arm wrestle, we'll lose. You know, what we're going to do, we're going to play a style of rugby that we've never played before, and perhaps probably never played since, but we were going to shift the ball away from their strength, which is, of course, their scrum and the set piece. And we were going to put three and four and five support players behind the ball carrier. And we were going to play some rugby. And we did. We did. It was it was an amazing experience. On to the 2021 tour, and as we stand ahead of the second test, I'm imagining you would have a lot of empathy for Chris Harris. He's had an unusual journey to the top of the sport. Like you, he has Rotherham and Newcastle on his list of former clubs. He finds himself starting in the biggest game of his life. Absolutely. Uh, So, drawing on your experience, how much pressure will there be on Chris Harris coming into a winning side, as you did in 97? Yeah, I I, I don't think that really plays a big part really in, in his psyche really what, what what will be important is about how he takes a field and how he performs you can leave nothing in the cupboard for this game um, it's all down to Saturday uh, to make um, to obviously the con- do you know in 133 years of touring uh, Tim how many test series victories do you think there have been Test series victories uh, I'm assuming yeah. the number's surprisingly low then so I'll go for 133 years I'll go for uh, nine there's only five Really? Five, five, 71, 74, 89, uh, 97, 2013. Wow. This hopefully will be the six, only the six. And they used to tour every three years. They used to go every three years. And, of course, we had a sabbatical where we didn't go to uh, South Africa for a period of time. And, of course, it's an amazing experience in South Africa. Um, it's just a shame, really, for the players that the supporters aren't in the stadium. Um because that has grown and grown and grown since 97, really. There are only about 10,000 Brits there in the stadium, about 80,000 people there at Kings Park in Durban. And I think most of those have got flights that weekend when we'd won the first test, just to perhaps come and, and believe that we're going to experience a little bit of history. And, um, of course, it's grown. 2001, 2005 was a big setback. Uh, you know, we were, we were then talking at the end of that trip, is there still place for the Lions? Um, and then back on track 2009. And, of course, ever since the numbers of the British supporters travelling has grown and grown and grown. It's, it's just a shame for the boys that they're not going to experience that. A hundred percent. You experienced the sea of red. Uh, and as I say, you experienced clinching a, a series victory coming into a side in that second test. I know it's uh, different eras, but I'm sure at its heart there'll be a lot of elements that just the same. So what do the Lions need to do to win that second test? Because I imagine they're just going to get a ferocious backlash from those Springboks. 
Well, they need to do what we did in 1997, score more points than that. And that sounds <laughs> that, that sounds a bit dumb, actually. But we were second best in 97 in that second test, Tim. They scored three tries. We didn't score any. Um, Jus van der Vest and scored a try. He'd always threatened around the rook, the base of the rook, near the trial line. Um, Alan Tate tipped a ball out the back pocket and they picked up and scored. And, of course, I, I missed a tackle on Joubert in the corner. And I can assure you, Tim... When I had to go stand under that big H with 80,000 people jeering at me and 14 of my teammates looking at me thinking, are you for real? Are you really for real? Yet we got Neil Jenkins who kept just sliding that drop goal. I saw the penalties over just to keep us in the game up until the moment arrived for your man, Mr. Jerry Guscott. Yeah, great memories. By the way, you've mentioned Alan Tate uh, a couple of times. We've uh, he'll be on Talksport from Newcastle Racecourse on Thursday. So if you can dig any dish any dirt on him that, that we can bring up on Thursday, just uh, feel free to <laughs> dig. One. That laugh is quite. That tells me there's a fair few stories, John. Yeah, Tim. What you've got to understand, though, you you, you forget we, we we aren't back to the olden days. There is a there is there is a saying: "What goes on tour stays on tour." So you can get lost. <laughs> but I can assure you. My wife says to me, it's a boy's comment that I'm going to And she always says, if it's good enough for the boys, it's good enough for the girls. So just you just watch yourself. Yeah, totally. You've also mentioned, that's a great stat as well, that you know, you're, you're bringing me the stats that there's only been five series-winning Lions squad. Yeah, yeah. With that yeah. being the context, if a sixth one is sealed this weekend and Warren Gatlin will have two of them in his column, I mean... Where does he rank as not just a Lions coach, but as the coaches throughout rugby history, in your mind? Yeah, um, yeah, amazing. Uh, Gareth gets it. Geech always said that when he went as assistant. He travelled as assistant to um, to South Africa in '09. He was also working at Wasps with uh, Geech. Geech is a lion man for me. Um, he's been involved with seven Lions tours, two as a player, five as a coach. Um, and, and, and he's always said that Gats gets it, and he obviously does. Because the biggest challenge about all these boys can play rugby, Tim. They're all top-class rugby players. But the greatest challenge about the British and Irish line, like no other in the world, is trying to become a team. And even more so on this trip. I mean, you know, on previous trips, and, and there have been previous trips where there wasn't the harmony struck within the, the, amongst the players. At least you could escape and get out of the hotel and perhaps go into town and and just lose yourself for a little bit of time. But but actually, it's paramount with this fit, because they're all in a bubble. They live in each other's pockets, aren't they? It's so important. And it appears as though they're getting on extremely well as well. So he's doing a great job, his guts. He's a great guy as well. One of the other stars of the Living with Lions documentary in 97, uh, who I've got to mention, uh, and a word on him, is uh, Doddy Weir, who just <sighs> embodies everything that the Lions and Rugby Union is all about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't make me cry, Tim. Um, uh, Doddy's one of my besties. Um, he's quite cruel, uh, what's happening. And I've got, I went to breakfast with them recently, Doddy, Rob Burrow and Stephen Darby. Uh, and they were doing a documentary with the BBC 12 months on from, from when they first were diagnosed and they all got together. Um, and it was quite challenging. But Doddy's so upbeat, Um you know, I, 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 one thing I will say, I, I had a little bit of a go at Doddy there, I say, because we were doing lots of travelling. He was working so hard for a legacy with motor neuro disease. And I, I just said to him, Doddy, come on, you've got to spend a bit of time with the family as well. And they're probably glad to get shut of you at times. I get that. Uh, but um, in Poland, the boys are going up. It's great that you're creating this legacy. 
He said, Ben Torch, whilst I can walk, I can talk, I can drive, I'm going to do that. And do you know what? The, the lockdown's probably forced a period of time where he spent that time at home with the boys and Mary Doll, his wife, Cathy. Um, but he's a great guy. I spoke to him recently. Um, I sent him text regular, uh, just for me, uh, to let him know I'm thinking about him and what have you. I don't often get a response. He was never very good with his phone, actually, Tim. It was always quite rubbish. But he's done an amazing job. Um, he was given between one and three years. I think he's done four and a half now. Um, I, I just cannot speak highly enough of him. He's, I, I defy anybody to say a bad word about Duddy. Um, it was one of my saddest days on the tour as well. I remember lending in the camera. I, I dished it out because I'd, I'd taken charge of the camera and they said they wanted to fly on the ward of the film, film corner. I said, well, there's only a player who'll get it, really. Um, and they gave me a handheld camera, which they proposed to do anyway. Uh, and then after a week or 10 days or so, I said, you know, you're just getting my perspective. Perhaps why don't I give the, the film, the, the, the video to, cam- uh, to to Doddy? And I did. But the day that he got his leg chopped in half at Umpamlanga, um, when Brosman just uh, did a karate kick and his toe was over, I had to go fetch the camera. And do, do, do you know, Tim, I, I took the camera, went to the room, and I, I laid out the photos of the, the, the children that my wife was sending in advance because we'd got an itinerary. And um, again, there wasn't the technology that we have now about contacting the family. And I actually wanted to go home um, for the first time on the tour. And I thought, you know what? It's not just about that. And, and we dug in there and we all did. It was a sad moment, but it was great because Richard Branson flew him back out, you know, and uh, we, we had a great time. Oh, that's good to hear. And I, well, I was I was at Murrayfield for that Lions game before the guys headed off to South Africa, and I was yeah. I was glad for the yeah. players that they had a crowd at least once on on the tour. But but as much as anything, that there was everyone that was in Murrayfield was uh, gave Doddy Weir a stand innovation as they should. And I know John, and and I can't let you go before I mention this. Tomorrow evening you're doing a, a live show. You're part of a live show uh, with a, a panel of former Lions, including Sam Warburton yeah. and Alex Corbiziero. Yeah, yeah. All about Lions tours, past and present. It's with the My Name's Doddy Foundation supporting the research yeah. for motor neurone disease. Uh, so I just say you can watch that on uh, My Name's Doddy Twitter page tomorrow evening, 8 p.m. All the details are there as well. And uh, like yeah. you say, a, a little, um, an example of the sort of work that's going on. I've really enjoyed it. Um, Alistair Eakin got in touch with me and what have you. And we've run a, well, they've run a podcast, 30-minute uh, programmes um, over a 10-week period covering different parts of the tour, the selection, the dirt trackers, the injuries, the first test. Uh, and then they dedicated the last programme to Doddy, actually. And I've really enjoyed it. It's been fun, actually. It, it, it's been, it, it has been fun. Can I... Can I, I can I just point one thing out, Tim? I suspect we're coming towards the close, really, of my uh, delivery here. Um, <laughs> 24 years on, yeah. 24 years on, my wife still says to me, for God's sake, I don't get this. You went on one tour, you scored <laughs> one try, and you've got one speech, get over yourself. You need someone in your life that will keep your feet on the ground. It sounds like you've got a good Absolutely, one there. Absolutely, mate. And I've John, that, yeah. I, I'm only moving on because I have to, not because I want to. I could, I could sit and chat to yeah, you yeah. Uh, for ages. So we'll, we'll keep your number and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll come and pick your brain another time. Thanks for your time, John. I like doing the radio. I've got a face for radio. I don't, I don't do too well <laughs> with the television. But Tim, thank you for your time and good luck with Tate. It'll be, be a bit more challenging than I am. Top man. John Bentley, former Lion and England winger. It's the Lions Den on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse. The spirit of rugby, 18 plus, be drink aware. TalkSport with commentary of every test match between South Africa and the British and Irish Lions. And next, we'll chat with Joe Healy, who was a former teammate and was also coached by Warren Gatland. 
Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. Once this Lions squad is announced, it's not about uh, the 400 nations, it's about one team and everyone coming together to support one team. There's 40 players, 40 management. I guess it's difficult to please everybody, but 99.9% of people thought the tour was a success. I'd take my hat off to Gats, he, you know, he didn't, didn't play a test match, which I know, I know rivals him. But he is just overachieved. I, I just, I'm very proud of what he's, what he's achieved as a, as a coach. Gats will sit right up there with the top. And if you look at the success, they won in, in Australia in 2013. They drew in New Zealand. So a very successful record, very shrewd coach. And I think, um, I think we're all waiting with bated breath to see what, uh, what Gatlin can do against the world champions uh, this time round. Welcome back to Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. I'm Tim Cocker and throughout the tour we've been having a player profile segment where I speak to former teammates, family members, ex-coaches for every member of the 2021 Lions playing squad but today we are flipping the script, doing it a bit differently because the player profile today, well, it's the coach, it's Warren Gatland. The Lions head coach who is one win away from leading the Lions to another successful tour. Gats has had an unbelievably successful career uh, as a coach but he was a a pretty tidy player in his day um, but best known for his time in charge of Wales as a coach but we've taken it back much further because his first coaching role was on the West of Ireland Galwegians Rugby Club where he was the player coach and Joe Healy played with and was coached by Warren Gatland so hiya Joe. Hi Tim good evening to you. Uh, good evening to you and thank, thanks for your time. Um, so, set the scene. When was it that, that you played with and were coached by Warren? Well, it feels that long ago now, Tim. I think I'd nearly have to consult a history book. But it was, I think, the 89 tour, Buck Shelford's tour, uh, when they came to 
the UK and Ireland and a couple of club members had decided they'd had enough of the rubbish we were playing at that stage and t- thought they might uh, raise the bar a bit and uh, seek to, to get their hands on as good a coach as they could. So um, they tracked, uh, tracked a few of the uh, All Blacks down to, I think they met them in Heathrow Airport, uh, just at the tail end of the tour, and I inquired whether any of the party might be interested in a coaching job um, and a life experience in the west of Ireland. And uh, Gaddy put his hand up for the job, and the rest is history. Yeah, and you say that they, they wanted someone to come in and have an impact. When you look at his coaching career, Wasps, Wales, wherever it is, he, he has a, a pretty fundamental and giant impact and can and has shown he can completely turn, turn things around. What was the story back at Galwegians? Yeah. Well, first of all, this was his first experience, uh, I believe, as a, as a coach. And he was a player coach with us. But it was... It was Absolute amateurism in its uh, the best and worst of all of the, that all that entails uh, at the time. Uh, we we had some good players in our club side at the time, but we were, uh, if, you know, we weren't performing. Uh, we were a bit rudderless, a bit directionless. Uh, and uh, when he came in, um, you know, he he just had a very quiet presence about him immediately obviously the man was an all black so he was going to command respect immediately but the man behind the all black uh, you know took a little bit of getting to know but once we did um, he had us eating out of his hand he's just one of those guys who knows his rugby he's technically absolutely excellent in every facet but he has what I suppose you might call it an X factor insofar as he's just one of those people that makes you want to play for him and uh, he he really just, it was like putting on a light switch with, the, with our team um, in a matter of, really, it was weeks. It was all it took uh, for us to start gar- garnering results that we would otherwise not have been able to do. I have actually uh, heard Warren Gatlin tell a story about uh, early, early on in his time at Galwegians, uh, people were being t- tardy and weren't turning up on time to get to games at the weekend. So in, in the end, he just told the bus driver to start driving and, and left some guys behind. Do you remember that, Joe? I remember it vividly. And uh, I, I, I won't name the poor devil that got left behind, but <laughs> one of the lads uh, we've been you know, slow to assemble, uh, which was a complete anathema to Warren, people not turning up on time. He eventually lost patience, ordered the bus driver to leave, and one of the lads had gone to the bathroom. And uh, when he came back out, <laughs> he saw the bus just uh, disappearing out the, the gate of the avenue 500 yards down the road, and uh, a car had to be sent back for him <laughs> to collect him to bring him to the game. When we got to the game, it was a game in Sligo, I remember. We drove up to Sligo. It was about a two-hour drive. And um, Warren sat quietly at the front of the bus, um, which, you know, having been playing with us up to that, we all thought we'd gotten to know him a bit. But he, he, he sat, sat away from us. And be, just when the bus pulled into the car park up in Sligo, he, uh, he just stood up and he said, would you mind sitting down for a moment, guys? And uh, he, uh, he just very quietly and very politely informed us that he was expecting things to be a little bit different. And by the time he'd finished speaking to us, Things were different. I'll put it that way to you, Tim. <laughs> wow. Getting this very calm but stern authority from the guy. But one thing that you also hear about him is that he's, he, he has a lot of that old school ethos that you've even touched on it there uh, back in the day. He brought his professional standards, but he also had a, a bit of the amateur old school ethos. Did, I, I can imagine there would have been some uh, 
some good nights at Galwegian's Rugby Club with, with Warren at the helm? Well, oh, there was no question about that. Um, like I said, we were amateurs in every sense of the word. And he didn't try to impose anything that he felt we couldn't reach. He, re- he, he read... You know, he he read the room, if I could put it to you like that. He read the room very quickly and very accurately. Um, And he got us to believe uh, in in things that we hadn't yet, uh, that we hadn't achieved as a team, but he got us to start believing in things that we we could achieve as a team. But he did it in a way that was inclusive. It wasn't just about the rugby. It was about being able to socialise. It was about having having good fun with one another, enjoying one another's company but also creating a bond within the team which hadn't pro- probably existed before that. And it centred around his ability to man-manage, uh, which is just second to none, frankly. Um, so it was a wonderful experience. I was delighted to have, uh, to have you know, gotten to experience it. I was coming to the end of my career, such as it was at that stage, but uh, it rejuvenated me and several others uh, of my peers, and we knocked a great three or four years out of it with them. It was truly... Uh, just the most enjoyable experience of my rugby uh, my rugby life really that's great to hear joe now now i mean you're one of many people who warren gatland has come into contact as a player and as a coach and uh, have a little listen to this it's uh, former all black captain sean fitzpatrick who described him as one of the best ever to have done it he's one of our greats um because what what he's achieved in this part of the world is is second to none to, to coach the Lions to, to series wins, not, a, not once, not twice, but possibly three times. Yeah, he's, he's, he's achieved well. He's had, had success. Uh, whether he's the greatest, that's, a, that's very hypothetical. You know, is Graham Henry the greatest? Is Steve Hansen the greatest? Uh, Ian McGeekin. So, no, I think he's, with what he's got, he's done unbelievably well. And I think, you know, and, and I think, as we say in New Zealand, the mana, which with he is held in is, is you know, I know, uh, obviously I know a lot of the players that have played under him. They hold him in very high regard, which is a, you know, a huge, huge tick in the, in that box. Sean Fitzpatrick, very much echoing what you've said, Joe. How, just how proud are you of what Warren Gatland has gone on to achieve? Well, it's fabulous to think that a guy that, you know, I had the opportunity to play rugby with and to listen to as a coach has gone on uh, not just to coach my country, the my national team, the Irish team, with with some cons- some success as a very very young, and to, you know a coach still on the learning curve. But then when you when you consider what he's gone on to do subsequently, uh, with Wasps, with Wales, with uh, Waikato, with and of course with the Lions, it's just phenomenal. I mean, I, again, I'm an old romantic an old romantic in the context of of rugby. I just love the Lions. I think. These guys, you know, they, they're in the pantheon up there with the great old black sides of the of the past. Um, uh, they, you know, to be able to, to to weld that unit together in the context of modern professional rugby, shorter tours, uh, you know, the ruthless environment that they find themselves in in places like Australia, New Zealand, and now South Africa. It's remarkable, but it doesn't surprise me. Um, guys in my club would very quickly have recognised this guy is special. We knew it from within, a, you know, within minutes of meeting him uh, in a rugby context. You know the man is special. He knows what he's on about. He knows how to get things done, and he knows how to get the best out of people. And uh, it doesn't surprise me the, the success he's achieved. Um, and I'm really, I, I, I just can't wait for the test on Saturday um, because, you know, I think, you know, it's it's. 
people are saying, you know, it was a first hit out for South Africa and they'll just get so much better. But so will the Lions, particularly with what he will have learned from the game that he has seen them play now against the first, uh, uh, the first test. So it's, you know, it's just teed up fantastically. If you were chatting to Warren now, what, what message would you, would you give to him, Joe? I would just say, don't change a thing, pal. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep believing this is going to happen for you. And uh, I'll see you for a pint shortly. Wonderful stuff. I, I can't let you go, Joe, before just asking about Galwegians, a proud club, 100th anniversary next year. What, what are you doing for, right. for Centenary? It's a big one. It is a big one. Yes, it is. And um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the club scene in Ireland. It's, it's um, we, The club, club rugby has been, to some extent, cast adrift a little bit. Um, the provinces uh, are where the professional game thrives. Uh, and as a result, the clubs have um, they've sort of played second fiddle a bit. But back in the day when we were playing, you know, you, you were routinely playing against uh, international test players in club matches. Uh, at weekends, and uh, it was a fantastic uh, rugby environment. It was a great, it was a great place to learn uh, life skills uh, and to to be to be exposed to someone like Warren in an environment like that at that time was just magnificent. But Galwegians, for sure. Uh, I mean, people tell me we wear sky blue as our kit colour. I mean, uh, if I bleed, I bleed blue. That's uh, but there'll be a lot of guys like that in my club, you know. Um, so we. Uh, yeah, we have a proud tradition. We've had several members of our club over the years have been president of the Irish Rugby Football Union. We have had uh, several international players over the years, uh, not least amongst them uh, Eric Elwood, a great uh, doyen, I guess, of the uh, the professional game in Connacht. Now uh, was a was a, uh, a true blue gold region, um, and several others. So yeah, a very proud club. And all the best with your centenary. And uh, thanks so much for your time, Joe. You're welcome, Tim. Thank you for taking for for calling me. Thank you, Joe Healy from Galwegians Rugby Club. Absolutely brilliant take on Warren Gatland, who sounds like he has always been the character uh, that that we now know at the head of the Lions and on the precipice of history. Uh, you're listening to the Lions Daily on Talksport Two with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby. 18 plus. Be drink aware. And right next. Well, as well as some more from the Lions camp, Razi Erasmus has spoken. He's responded to the accusation that he's been secretly running an undercover Twitter profile to get messages out into the media and to referees. The latest on this slightly bonkers saga next. But you got me on the counter. Wasn't me. kissing on the sofa. It's a little separate sideshow, isn't it? So I haven't really taken much notice of it. I've just, we've heard the stories and um, trying to stay out of that stuff. I don't, I don't, not on social media and, and things. So, yeah, like I said, I haven't... Uh, really taking too much notice of it. Everyone will know what's being said, but it won't affect your preparation, it won't affect you as a player, but it'll just give you a little bit of amusement, it'll give you something to talk about. I think it's getting all the attention that Rossi wants it to get, and I think everybody's sort of taken the bait, and it's become sort of the talking point of the day, and I think that's probably exactly what he wanted. Producer Alfie, well played, mate. We, we've just played Shaggy on a rugby show. Well played. I'm quite pleased that I was able to get that in. You knew we were going to revisit this story on Lions Daily. If you missed the show yesterday, we spoke about the suggestions that the South African director of rugby, Razi Erasmus, is using a Twitter account with the name Yako Yoan to highlight decisions that went against the Springboks in the first test. Well, today, Erasmus addressed those rumours, and here's what he had to say. Yeah, no, that's actually why I'm at the press conference. I was feeling sorry to Jacques because I knew he's going to probably get that question. 
Uh, no, I'm actually not Yaku Yohan, I'm Yohan Erasmus. Uh, so uh, I actually follow Yaku Yohan, he's a, he's a big supporter of us and he's been feeding me some really good clips and, and for a while now, some really good uh, uh, things that, that I actually used in the past. So he's a very big supporter, uh, um, a really funny guy uh, uh, and I quite enjoy the thing that he does. Uh, why I'm so uh, active on Twitter, um, I actually just I think retweeted about two or three tweets that I really thought was was accurate. There you go. Razi Erasmus is not Yako Yoan, but Yako Yoan's just a very funny guy uh, with uh, with some good points on rugby. He's loving this, isn't he? He is. Any nobody's buying this. I don't even think Razi Erasmus is. Uh, it thinks he's convincing anyone. I think he. No, I I agree. I, I, he's loving the whole situation. I said, yeah. yeah, this is why I turned up to the press conference because I I felt sorry for Jacques that he was going to be fielding <laughs> these questions. <laughs> he's if he has been rumbled, uh, he's taken it incredibly well and he's he's laughing with it. I thought at first yesterday that maybe everyone was going to be laughing at him, not with him. But uh, I, I feel like I feel like he's very much part of the joke now and keeping it going, which which I absolutely love. I feel like it's almost that situation, Tim, when you see someone trip over on the pavement, but then they really smoothly get out of it. I feel like that's what happened here with Razi Erasmus. He has yeah. been caught out, but for some reason, he's still coming out of it. Okay, he, which you're right, and so many other coaches that I could name, if it were the, if it were roles reversed, just would never live this down. So you've got to say fair play to Razi Erasmus for that alone. Now we've established this; he is not Yako Yoan, Okay, right. Uh, he did explain, though, that he wanted to highlight certain areas which were a bit of a concern from that first test last weekend. Um, and he said it was, it's was it been frustrating just how long World Rugby took to respond. Yeah, that takes a bit of a while. You know, we tried to do that on Sunday, but they didn't come back to us. And on Monday, they didn't come back to us. And this morning, we got the report back. So that takes a bit of a while to get the, the full on the report. And uh, we got it this morning. Uh, and, you know, then already Monday is done. And now our second training is this afternoon. So uh, when you get it only on a Tuesday morning, it does disrupt your week in terms of team selection and, and what the, what things you want to rectify. And when Jacques wanted to, the tactics he wants to employ, you know, we really tried hard to get my contact with them on Sunday night uh, and sent through clips to them and want some uh, guidance and, 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 you know, help on, on certain things that we can fix and maybe change in our team selection, but unfortunately their process is, uh, they said it was the same in the Six Nations, which we shouldn't, wouldn't know because we didn't play there, but they said they normally only give feedback on a Tuesday back. So we got it this morning. We got, I'm currently working through it. Uh, we're going to give it back to Jock this afternoon and see if we can then in the one training that's still left, maybe try and implement some of those things. I wonder if the clips that Razi Erasmus said he had on Sunday night to show World Rugby were the same, just happened to be the same ones that Yako Yoan uh, put out on Twitter the same evening. It's so helpful that Yako Yoan did that for him. <laughs> Saved him all his work. He could just send it straight off to World Rugby. I'm, slight, I'm always slightly uncomfortable with any coach talking about refereeing decisions and things like that after a defeat. You, you just can't help but come across as a little bit of sour grapes. Yes, and uh, there's an element of that. I did find it quite interesting, just the stuff he was saying there about they sent it off to World Rugby. 
But then they haven't heard back until today. And from their point of view, they've made their team selection by now. It would be a lot easier if the process was that they were able to get feedback sooner, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but I agree as well. And I think Razi Erasmus himself has said and said in his media duties today, they didn't lose that match because of the refereeing decisions. Whilst that is yeah. a talking point, it's not why they lost the game. 100%. Well, despite what Razi Erasmus says, Saria McGeekin, he told TalkSport, that the whole saga shows that Razzie is rattled. Warren Gatland plays them pretty well, too. Um, just trying to, you know, different ways they think they can influence referees as they assess things and the way they look at things. But uh, I have to say now, actually, I thought the refereeing and all the support staff around that was so good on, on Saturday. Uh, so he's, he's trying to make points, I think, for other people. <laughs> I think the Lions will be pleased that he's probably doing those sorts of things because it shows they've actually got under his skin. It's just adding to a really fascinating build-up to what will be a titanic clash this weekend. Uh, thank you very much for listening to the Lions Daily on TalkSport 2 with the famous grouse, the spirit of rugby, 18-plus, be drink aware. It's all on the line on Saturday evening. You'll hear commentary of the second test between South Africa and the British and Irish Lions on TalkSport. Build-up from four, kick-off 5pm. This is your home of rugby this summer. Next on TalkSport 2, it's the Cricket Collective. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. Lions Daily on TalkSport 2. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.